0: Welcome in today's edition of ESPN FC. I'm Dan Thomas, joined the studio today by Craig Burley and Ali Moreno. We'll start things off in Italy, Inter Milan taking on Atleti in the Champions League tie. It would be 1 0. It should have been more, and Altovic had a few chances before he finally converted to give Inter the initiative going into the second leg in Spain. Overall, Craig, Inter will be disappointed they didn't have a bigger advantage going into oh, the second leg. absolutely. I mean, they
1: could easily have been going uh, back to Madrid with, you know, two or three up. Uh, without a doubt, and uh, you know, I think Atletico Madrid will be the happier of the two sides, bearing in mind they didn't. Look, I suppose we were thinking, what, what, how are they going to approach it? They've been quite attacking this season, mm-hmm. Simeone's side. Uh, even away from home, you think, what, what are they going to do? I, I, I don't think it was a surprise they were thinking, right, OK, listen, if we get a chance on the break, we'll, we'll take it, but we're going to try and be difficult to beat. Which they weren't really, to be honest with you, it was down to the fact uh, Inter missed those chances. But what was disappointing was they had nothing on target in, in the whole game. Yeah, uh, Atletico Madrid. We saw a couple of chances, but there was nothing on target. That was disappointing. But I don't think they'll play as badly at home again in Madrid. I still think Inter are slight favourites. Yeah. And they'll be. Th- I think Inter will be looking at it, going, "Do you know what? We'll get this team on the counter attack. We'll absolutely get them on the counter." Uh, Atletico will be the happier of the two sides because this tie could have been over. To Ram's
0: fitness will be interesting going into the, the second leg, given the threat that he was in that first half and given Arnautovic certainly had some chances, well, more than one, that he should have converted.
2: Well, if indeed it plays out the way that Craig is talking about, that indeed Inter is going to play on the counter because you imagine that Atletico Madrid has the responsibility at home to get after Inter, then yes, the speed of Marco Zoram can create all sorts of issues for Atletico Madrid in those moments of transition defensively. As for the mindset of Atletico Madrid, you, you, you were asking sort of Inter would be disappointed. If you ask Simeone, I don't know that he's going to be totally disappointed with the scoreline mm-hmm. because even him at the end of the game, when Atletico Madrid seemed to be trying to push forward, his body language to his players was, no, no, calm down. The ball went out of bounds. They wanted to take it quickly and he's actually telling a player right next to him, "No, no, come down. Come down. We'll take this one nothing and we'll take that home to the Metropolitan to, to, to the Cívitas Metropolitan. why why is it comfortable for them? Because at home, they've been great. Yeah. At home, they've been dominant. They've only lost one game all season at home, and it was a, uh, a Copa del Rey semifinal match last week against Atletico. Other than that, they've been absolutely, completely perfect at home At home, when you consider them, how dominant, how comfortable they feel there. And I think Simeone, while disappointed in the overall performance, the scoreline, he said, eh, given how this game went, we'll take it.
0: Uh, Gab Marcotti joins us. Gab, were you surprised how dominant Inter were today?
3: Um. Not really. I mean, the Inter have been really, really good this season. And they've been good uh, for a reason. I was a bit, uh, I, I agree with, with what Ali said. I I think Diego Simeone, you know, who's got a lot of experience doing what he does. He says, it's 180 minutes, boys. Let's just keep it close, not concede. They conceded one goal. Um, but I think clearly, Atleti can't play like that at the return leg. And, and they won't play like that. Uh, I I think we saw a slightly different Inter. I thought Solonoglu had a a quiet game Uh, and obviously you've got, as you guys mentioned, the Arnautovic factor. I mean, this is the guy who when he was young was supposed to be the next Ibrahimovic. Well, you know, he squandered a hat-trick of chances and if you're an Inter fan you wonder what might have been if uh, Marcus Turam had stayed on the pitch.
0: Yeah, that was it, wasn't it? This was the.
3: So
1: well, I think. The, yeah, on. yeah, no, nah, no. Nah, he had a poor night when he came on in front of goal. I mean, it's not the easiest of chance, but when you, when you have such a quality ball in, and this is the Champions League knockout stages, it's it's elite level. I mean, you would expect better than that, and certainly you would expect better here. Absolutely, it's not a difficult chance. Once he gets it out of his feet, uh, I think the first. I think it's slightly behind them, but he gets the first touch out of his feet. That sets it up pretty well. And that's just a poor finish. But to go back to that point about um, Atletico uh, doing a good, well, doing a job at one nil, which is perfect for them in a sense, it's not a disaster, but it wasn't really about what they did. It was more about what Inter didn't, didn't do. And that, for me, would be a concern for this team is that, that even though they were a little bit, had a defensive nous on and were thinking about keeping it tight, they really didn't. They really didn't keep it tight, and it's just down to the fact it was poor finishing. The fact that the tie is still alive now. You and Ali's right. They've been great at home this season. It's a fantastic atmosphere and all of that. But they actually didn't defend particularly well, which is what they've been noted for in Simeone's time at Atletico Madrid. But actually, in the last 18 months, two seasons, they haven't really defended as well as they did as they have in the past. What they have done better. As, a, as an attacking force. They played better football, they created more chances, and up until his injury, Griezmann and Morata were arguably one of the best strike pairings around. I expect Morata to be back in, obviously, with Griezmann up there, but what would worry me was how many chances they allowed Inter to have. They cannot afford to do that
2: uh, back at home. And your question about Marcus Turand, your question about the speed of Inter in the attack. We look today and watch Axel Witzel run, and it's like, buddy, got to move them legs, yeah. got to pump the arms. Come on, Axel. It's like he was moving at a different speed than, say, a guy like Marcos Duran. And, and, and of course, we're not the only ones who are paying attention to this. Inter looks at this and said, yeah, it sets up for us so that we can get out in the counter. What I thought was even more disappointing today from Atletico Madrid perspective is the fact that they come off the heels of having destroyed Las Palmas in La Liga 5-0. They actually went after Las Palmas. They didn't play Antoine Griezmann in that game. Uh, and, and, and you figure that it was going to be an opportunity for Atletico Madrid, although you're not going to be completely offensive, to at the very least threaten Inter. And they never really threatened Inter. They were, they were playing this sort of in-between game in which they're trying to be de- defensive in the, in the way that they set up, but the execution of that defensive game, as, as Craig had j- just mentioned, wasn't all that great. So if you're going to be defensive, then be defensive. And if you're going to go attack, then at least be a threat in the attack. But they were neither. This was a team that, again, when they get caught in between, when they're not fully committed to the defensive part of the game because they're not nearly as comfortable doing it as they have been in years past, then you don't see how is it that they're going to win a game like this one. We never (coughs) really saw Anton Griezmann sort of joining in the attack. We didn't really see the outside players joining in the attack. We didn't really see balls swung in from the from the outside. Nahuel Molina, who usually supports on the right-hand side. That didn't happen. Mm. Atletico Madrid were not really committing numbers forward, and so therefore, it allowed Inter to really grow in the game, build confidence, say, okay, it's our game, we're going to take it over. They'll be disappointed that it's no more than one nothing. What
3: a year this is turning out to be for Inter, Cap. Yeah, and look, uh, you know, is it a surprise? I mean, let's not forget, this is a team that uh, reached the Champions League final last year and, you know, kept it very, very close against Manchester City. And, of course, they're running away with City. Yeah, I, 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 we talked about Simeone. I think we have to give credit, again, to Simone Inzaghi, who, you know, I, I don't think he gets the respect that he really deserves for, for the for the job that he's been doing at, at Inter. Maybe it's the way he looks. He looks like some goofy kid who, you whose know, goldfish just died or something. Um, but in reality, with his program substitutions, with the fact that he could have so many different ways of, of playing, uh, you know, tonight the the sort of the the, the midfield web of combinations with Sean and Mkhitaryan uh, that didn't really happen. Um, so they threaten you in different ways. You know, uh, they can beat you with your speed. They, they they've got wing backs uh, who who can be devastating, and he uses it at the right time. If you know, we saw what Dumfries could do when he came on. Should Dumfries have started? Maybe he's a better player than Darmian, but but in some ways he wanted Darmian out there early to, to keep it tight. So these are the little tweaks and that, that some people might call tinkering, um, but that work so well. And so on a night like this, Barella's given more responsibility, turns in a tremendous performance. Uh, De Vrij filling in uh, at, at centre-back, you wouldn't have known that he's a reserve. All these little things um, that, that Simorinzaghi puts together, I mean, this really is a, a chameleon team, and um and, and I think they really get the best out of the talent that they have. So how do you divvy up going into
0: the second leg if we ask you for a percentage chance, Gab, for both sides? How would you have it?
3: Well, I I think in favorites and look, um but they may not be big favorites, but you know, I, I was listening when Ali said uh, you know, they've lost one game all season at home. Uh yeah, Inter don't need to beat them at home. Um, a draw is sufficient, you know. Uh, and and there's no away goals or, or other silliness in, in play anymore. Um, I think if Inter set up to defend and to hit on the counter, I think if, if Marcus Thuram is is fit, especially, um, I think Inter can do this. So I'm going to give him. I'm going to give him a solid sixty percent chance at this
1: stage. Sixty forty, Mister Burley. Sixty forty. That's where I've been with this tie yeah. all along.
2: Nothing changes. Yeah, well, 60-40 inter, but that doesn't mean that Atletico Madrid can't turn this around. Uh, Again, they're a different, completely different team when they play at home this season. When you look at their defeats this season in La Liga and in all competitions, most of them have been away from home, and it's just in the way they approach the game that have been so different for Atletico Madrid. I'm saying 60-40 inter. But Atlético Madrid is going to give them everything they can hand on the second leg.
1: But you look at when they started creating chances in this game, or more chances, and we see this with them all the time. Atleti is when, when once Inter scored, and f- by you know for all Inter's good play, the goal comes about from a mistake between two players at the back, mm-hmm. uh, and then all of a sudden Atlético Madrid sort of come to life a little bit, and all of a sudden the the wing backs are pushed forward. There's some crosses coming in the box, and that's kind of what they do. They almost wait until they're forced to. Uh, get into that final third. And, and I think it is intriguing when you think here you've got a team that was in the Champions League last last year, the Champions League final. They're, they're cruising at the moment in, in Serie A. As, I, as, as Gab said, the manager's doing a great job. You look at some of these players that were cast-offs at other club, Alexis Sanchez, you know... Uh, Mkhitaryan. Mkhitaryan in there, Darmia, and others. I mean, there's, just, there's, there's quite a few of them. And the fact he's doing <coughs> this job is amazing. But what does Simeone do? What does he do? Does he come out with this... M- unbelievable atmosphere at the Metropolitana, and do they throw everybody forward from the first five minutes? It's just not in his DNA. It's almost like he'll sit and wait, and they'll be cautious, and maybe they'll need to get a bloody nose before they go and really start throwing some punches. We just don't know how this team goes about these big games. There is always an element of caution, and it might take interdoing for them to get riled up, but it, it is intriguing, and I, I, I'm 60-40, but I totally agree with Ali. I mean, they, you, you couldn't rule out the fact that Atletico Madrid could come back and win this tie. Well, Atletico got
0: four more games before that second leg on March 10th, the first of which live on ESPN+. As they take on Almeria. Uh, that should be three points, shouldn't it? In theory, well, they've not won a game yet. Have they won one yet? No, 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 not, no, no, yet, no, no. not yet. Not yet. One more away. That's our feature game on Saturday. <laughs> on Sunday, we're at the Burnabout for Real Madrid against Sevilla. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match. With indeed. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
4: Did you know less than
3: 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's electricebikes.com.
0: In the other Champions League tie today, it finished PSV 1 Borussia Dortmund 1. Dortmund would take the lead in the 24th minute. Marlin with a deflected effort which would give them the initiative. But big controversy then, 10 minutes into the second half. A penalty was awarded, though it looked like Hummels had got the ball. VAR obviously would take a look. The referee didn't get, even go over to the monitor. De Jong would convert the spot kick, so it's 1-1 going into the second leg in Germany. It seems strange that the referee didn't even go to the monitor.
1: No, and when we saw it, I said to you guys, I said, you know, we, I think we were all in agreement that, that he played the ball. Yeah. And ultimately, that is a defe- any player's job in, in, in any place in the pitch, but particularly the penalty area, is to make contact on the ball. And it's not a reckless challenge, uh, so you can rule out that. Uh, I said to you guys, I said, he'll give this. I can see them giving it. And you can see clearly there. Now, there's a lot of people will argue, well, he didn't get enough of the ball, he didn't get this, he didn't get that. He played the ball, right? But I said to you guys, they'll, they'll probably give this as a chance because that's how bonkers the game has yeah. become. That is the frustration for viewers at home, for people at the stadium, for supporters, more importantly for players and for managers, is that, you know, the officials are just coming out with these, they're looking at these and going... And even if, even if people say, even if people are of their opinion... Right well, I think there wasn't enough contact in the ball and blah, 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 then at least then, it's Champions League knockout. Send the fella with a whistle, 30 seconds to the monitor, let him make the decision. I mean, it's just absolutely bonkers. Uh, Hummels took to Uh, Twitter (coughs) to
0: express his dismay at that decision. This is what the German defender uh, had to say. Uh, when that penalty, of course, uh, was given against him in the end. Twitter waits for it. Twitter gets it. What a joke of a penalty against us. Again, I cannot believe there can be decisions like today
3: or against Chelsea or PSG with the VAR. Gab? Hey, look, I mean, I, I, I can understand his frustration and I can understand he feels this way, but if you remember, when VAR was introduced, there's, there was a whole slew of people out there who were against VAR for kind of, philosophical reasons. Right. So then they came in and they said, oh, let's make it a a, we'll only use we'll have a high bar, clear and obvious decisions, whatnot. Uh, This is not a clear and obvious decision. I mean, this is this is something where uh, if the referee sees it again, he may change his mind. He may not. Um, And for that reason, VAR doesn't intervene. So, uh, what's the objective said, of a
1: defender? And the... what's the objective of a defender trying to stop a goal, a goal-scoring attempt, Gab, in the penalty area? What is the objective—to play the ball or not?
3: It's, it's obviously to play the ball, Craig. But right. what I'm saying is—so why is it not clear uh, and obvious? It's not clear and obvious because whether he played the ball or not, evidently, uh, in the mind of the referee, uh, well, first of all, maybe the referee didn't see him play the ball clearly uh yeah. and maybe he was duped right so then you would say oh but then the VAR should intervene but VAR for their part say well we're not supposed to re-referee games we're not supposed to go and uh, um, and we're only supposed to intervene if there is a very all clear and obvious mistake and once you put that protocol in they're going to have this high bar and you're going to ha- get situations situations like this one where you know the referee says well I saw it clearly did I make a clear and obvious mistake and BR says, well, if you look at it, you might change your mind, but then you might not. So, all right, if you think you saw it clearly, sure, live with it. Um, look, I don't like this. I, I think this is a typical situation where the referee should look at it again with the benefit of the replays. And then he can either stand by his decisions or not stand by his decisions. But uh, Gab, uh, in the protocols Gab, of the game,
2: that's not what it says. Well, one question, Gabby, because I, I'm, I'm not clear as to what position you're taking here. Uh, does this mean that you do think it was a penalty or would you have given it as no penalty? I think
3: it was a penalty. Sorry, I think it was not a penalty. I think he got, I think he got the ball. Uh, I can also see, though, I'm not standing where the referee's standing on the pitch. I can see how the referee might have legitimately felt that it was a so, penalty. This is exactly so the Gap, kind well, of call. The, call the obvious that question is, ago,
0: if every single one of us thinks it's not a penalty, then surely it's clear and obvious. It's simple. There you are. Like, I agree with you, but the so that's problem Lawrence, is, what's the problem? do you remember?
3: <laughs> hey, you you read the English media going <clears throat> going on and on. Oh, we don't want games to to last too long. We don't want every decision to be re-refereed. If the referee sees sees it clearly,
1: unless but it's a. We've seen so clear... many things that have contradicted that.
0: But I this one isn't even one I of them. I don't want.
1: I don't. I don't, I don't want every, every game to be re-refereed, and we've seen that particularly in the Premier League and other leagues, La Liga. In the middle of the park, you know. I've always talked about it. Between the penalty areas, I really, unless somebody behind the ball, elbows somebody, does something the referee can't see, I really think they should limit the re-refereeing in those areas. Unless it is violent conduct, the referee did not see. However, when we get to the defining areas of the field, i.e. the penalty areas, that's where it needs to be re-refereed. When a a referee has clearly missed a very important challenge. And I think he thinks Hummels hasn't played the ball, so he's got it wrong. The replay uh, shows that Hummels was well within his rights to go for the challenge and made a decent challenge. That's not re-refereeing the game. That's just cleaning up a mistake. Uh, Craig, you're 100% correct. And, And this is why
3: when we think about how VAR should work, they should think that they're a team. They're there to help each other. It's okay for the referee to say, "Hey, I think he didn't play the ball." Okay, and the vi say, "Well, actually, you want to take another look because we want to make sure that we, as a team, we get this decision correct." Instead, it doesn't always work that way, and I think what UEFA should do: that referees Roberto Rosetti should take a clear look. What do these two guys say to each other when they're communicating with each other? Uh, was it helpful? Was it supportive? Because the goal has got to be with a big decision like this that could determine who advances and who goes out, above all, to go and get it right. And I agree with you, you don't need to re-referee, you know, rubbish in the middle of the pitch. But this is a really important decision. And if, if the referee thinks that he didn't get the ball, um, then by all means, he should go and take another look at it and make up his own mind.
2: And I don't know, ultimately, because we, we can get lost in this conversation and go in a cul-de-sac and go in circles. I think, I think We're very much there. Let me add to it, then. Uh, <laughs> I don't care about thresholds. I don't care about clear and obvious. I don't care about how we want to hide the truth. Isn't the system in place to get the call right? To get the call right. All the other stuff to me is nonsense, and it's just a way to explain away mistakes and to excuse away mistakes. Let's get the call right. And there was a decision to be made here, and they got it wrong. You can't handle the truth, Ali. That's your problem. <laughs> oh,
0: is that it? Uh, uh, overall, away <laughs> from the penalty decision, Gam. <laughs> 1-1 sets it up nicely, doesn't it, for the second leg in Germany?
3: I think it does. I mean, you know, Dortmund, with uh, with, with with all their foibles uh, this season, uh, maybe started to click away together. I think they might feel that, you know, they have the upper hand, but they're going to have to do something that very few people have done against dare I say it, Peter Bosch and Paisley Eindhoven, which is to actually go and and beat them. That's the only way they're getting through unless you're taking it the penalties. So um, I think it's going to be a tall order. I, I'm Every time I watch base play, I'm always struck by how confident this team are. It's like they don't care that the other team might have better players in theory anyway. Um, so I think it's going to be a really, really tall task for, uh, for Dortmund. And I think it's a typical situation where He's tinkered with his lineup so much, he has to get the combinations right.
1: Doesn't matter how intriguing this game is, it'll still be the game that's on the corner TV <laughs> when we watch oh. when we watch the games coming in. <laughs> it's not getting center stage. Not now, well, not ever. Wow, what's that? You tough. elitist. What have I done? <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: not in charge of the TV. <laughs> they go where they like.
2: It it has to be Borussia Dortmund, right? They have to be the team that has the responsibility of advancing out of of what we consider to be the weakest matchup. Well, the problem with Borussia Dortmund, and let me tell you, I know this wholeheartedly because we cover this team quite a bit with Bundesliga. Uh, It's a group that when expectations are put upon them, they usually kind of fall short. So they weren't supposed to make it out of the group of death, and what do they do? They win the group. Yeah. And now all the expectation is on them, you know what, against PSV you should be favorites, you should be going through. And now there is unnecessary drama coming back to the second leg. I still think that Borussia Dortmund will be good enough to get past PSV because PSV sets up perfectly for the things that what Borussia Dortmund likes to do. And that's for a wide-open game, a back-and-forth game. Dortmund, I think, will be better than PSV in doing that. Dortmund advances.
0: Uh, a number of games, of course, between now and that second leg domestically for both sides. Uh, Borussia Dortmund there in action on Sunday uh, in a clash against Hoffenheim that you can see live on ESPN+. Intriguing game on Friday by Leverkusen against Martin. What could the lead be then? Could it be 11 points? Is it 8 at the moment? It's, it's
2: 8 at the moment. So it yeah. could be 11 points. Oh, well, well, uh-huh. watch yes, that's a good man. <laughs> 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 <Tough
0: crowd. laughs> <laughs> there you are. Oh, brilliant, tough crowd. There you yeah. are. Violent degrees at Mars. They could go 11. Super. What's 11 oh, in German? I do not know that. <laughs> oh, come 12, on. 12, 12, 12 30 is the one. Yeah, well, my Munich against Leipzig, obviously, then on the sat. Old oh, Tommy. Old oh, Tommy. Old oh, Tommy be and big, his XG. Could be even worse trouble.
2: Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
0: There was one game on Tuesday in the Premier League. Manchester City taking on Brentford. City would win by one goal to nil. Erling Haaland, scoring the only goal of the game in the 71st minute to give Pep Guardiola's side all three points. Three points which now put them within one of Liverpool for an action against Luton on Wednesday. Craig, if I'm Liverpool or Arsenal watching that, I'm not that scared.
1: Oh, but it's still 1-0, 4-5. or five. It's three points, isn't it? And we tried to write Ellen Haaland off yesterday in the show. I told... <laughs> no, I didn't tell you. But uh, it obviously come off the back of... Not a particularly good game in finishing wise against Chelsea when he missed two or three really good chances. Uh took his goal well there, helped the defender slip. But but yeah, I mean there is I mean it was only a couple of weeks ago they played Brentford in London and absolutely destroyed them that day. I mean uh keeper. Fleckham, I think, made nine or ten stunning saves in the first half alone before Phil Foden got his hat trick. It was more tricky for them tonight. And they are a little exposed at the back, which we have talked about uh, at times. You saw that chance they had there. Uh, you know, Walker getting back in with his pace, actually rushed the player on to take the strike. But but it's three points. They aren't destroying teams at the moment, but they will. Right. It's, it's coming. Okay. And, and I think the Arsenal and Liverpool just can't let the guard down because, you know... Do we really think City are going to go have many off days between now and end of the season? I, I, I don't think so. Do you have the same
2: confidence as what? Greg? I agree with you that I think it's coming. At some point, this is all going to open up for Manchester City. But what worries me is... From now until the moment it actually comes, and actually you see Manchester City destroying teams, they continue to make mistakes defensively that put them in situations in which the games become a whole lot more stressful. And today could have been even more stressful had Brentford been able to take advantage of some counter-attack opportunities. Manchester City have to clean up what they do defensively and have to stop turning the ball over in bad areas, which then opens up all the spacing behind for other teams to run into. I don't mind it so much that Manchester City wants, wants to add numbers in the attack because this is who they are. But if you're going to have possession of the ball, you cannot lose it in bad areas because you already committed numbers. So you, you got people forward, you got people tucked into the midfield, you got people that are not in the play defensively. And if you lose the ball, if you're careless with that possession, which they, surprisingly, have tended to be this season, then it's one pass and the other team is gone. And it's not like, gone we're going in the attack. No. Gone we're going towards goal, 1v1 situation. That has to stop. The question for me is not it, it,
1: it is not whether, it's not when Man, Man City start blowing teams away or will they put a run together or blah, blah, blah. I, I think they will be there, they'll be hanging around and they're going to put the pressure on. I think the big question is this amazing recent form from Liverpool and Arsenal. Is can that continue? Right. You can't continue. You're not going to beat teams four and five every week, or six if you take the West Ham game, from Arsenal's perspective. You're not going to do it. Well, you're unlikely to do that. And I think the question is, is City just keep chugging along, is can those two keep up this momentum and pace? Because if they don't and they start regressing, we're just going to see City pushing ahead. At the moment, it looks great, but... As I say, they, they they, too, Liverpool and Arsenal, are also going to have to dig some results out.
0: Uh, meanwhile, uh, bad news for Liverpool fans coming out of Jurgen Klopp's press conference talking about Diogo Jota, Gab, that he said it's going to be months rather than weeks that we're going to see him out. How big a blow is that? Or is it a fact that you've got Salah back? So that certainly softens it quite a bit.
3: Well, look, it's, it's certainly a blow. Um, I think if, you know, you don't want to lose players in any position, but if there's a department where... Um, Liverpool have legitimate depth in, in, in Darwin and Diaz and, and, and Gagbo and obviously Mohamed Salah uh, it's up front so I think that mitigates it a little bit I think what you lose a lot is you know Jota just, just has that that consistency that um, you know he rarely has an off game um, and and that's going to be missed but I think Liverpool have the tools to handle it and if somebody's got to get injured, you know, rather him than than some other players in, in, in different areas of the pitch.
1: I think they've got, they've clearly got a bit like Arsenal in a sense. They've got quite a few players that they can juggle around in, in the forward area. Without anybody really being a prolific number nine, Salah's been a great goal scorer for them. He's not a number nine. Uh, I think the Jota miss, even with Salah back, is huge. And I'll tell you why. It's because when Salah's having his moments and it's not working and Nunez is, you know, not finishing off the chances he's got, whatever it is, he has been the go-to man. Mm. Whether it's off the bench or starting, whether it's playing off the left or the right or through the middle as of Fox 9, Jota has been so trustworthy to come in and make something happen, whether it's scoring himself or making something happen in the final third. When others are just falling below the bar, that's, that player is not there anymore. And that, that sort of parachute, that backup uh, that he has been, both in the absence of the others and when they've not been playing well, they've just lost it. And that means others
2: will have to step up. I'll tell you what he has that some of the other players don't have. He always seems to have a chance. He seems to find the ball inside the 18 yard box, or the ball finds him. There is an instinct, a natural instinct to Diogo Jota's game, in which there's always a chance for him in the game. And to the point that Craig is making, if those chances are not falling to Salah, they're not falling to Darwin Nunez, it's usually Diogo Jota the one that has the tapping at the back post. It's usually the one that gets on the rebound. It's usually the one that manufactures something out of nothing because of that natural instinct, him not being on the field. Can be a problem.
0: Uh, he won't be then on the field this Sunday as it's the Carabao Cup final as Liverpool take on Chelsea. It's an intriguing match which is live on ESPN Plus. It's an early start for us on Sunday. Our coverage starts at 9 a.m. Eastern. Just a reminder: plenty of content over the last few days over on our YouTube channel. Be sure to go over there and subscribe. Two more Champions League ties then to take place on Wednesday, including Napoli against Barcelona. So many subplots going into this game, certainly pertaining to both of the coaches. We know that Xavi will be leaving at the end of the season. Meanwhile, Mazzari's gone. Calzona is coming in for this tie. Gap, this
3: is quite a dramatic turn, isn't it, ahead of such a big game? Uh, Everything's dramatic. It's not dramatic to Valtteri Mazzari the master of disaster is gone. He was a terrible appointment. He's not a good manager. He was totally wrong for this team. Um, and I'm surprised he stuck around as long as he did. But to to go and get rid of him, sort of uh, in, in the 48 hours before such a huge game against Barcelona, where despite the fact that you're ninth in the league, you know, you have a legit shot. Barcelona obviously are wounded. They have injuries that they've got their own issues to contend with. Uh, to do it in that position... And then to bring in this guy who, you know, I think genuinely most people really had never heard, uh, he'd never even been on their radar until until suddenly he just <laughs> appears in Slovakia, mainly because he's friends with former Napoli legend Marek Hamsik, who he coached uh, with his time in, in Naples. And Hamsik said, hey, <clears throat> we just fired our coach. Why don't you come in and see if uh, if you can get us to the Euros? and these days because, as Craig would point out, everybody seems to qualify for the Euros. Slovakia get a couple wins under their belt, big win against Iceland, and boom, they're in the Euros. And all of a sudden, this guy's back on people's radar, and Napoli will share him with Slovakia between now and the Euros, which seems absolutely surreal uh, to me. But, you know, he knows the club, he knows the city, he knows a lot of the players from his time with Sarri. I would expect they're going to say, hey, can you just wind back the clock to the Spalletti era? Because let's not forget, guys, this is the same team as last year with the exception of uh, of Min Jae Kim, who, of course, went to Bayern. uh, and, And Zelensky, who's not in the Champions League squad because of one of those stupid decisions that Aurelio de la Redis, the president likes to make he's a free agent in June he hasn't extended his contract so he says fine then well I'm not going to put you in the Champions League squad so you don't get to play against Barcelona um, other than that it's the same crew as last year plus, plus the new signings
1: uh, so Oscar was available
3: <laughs> there you go they well, got linked
1: with
0: Bayern
1: a little shout for uh, interim Bayern job it floated about yesterday yeah, could have jumped listen I don't know how many times over the last 10, 15 years you could say this is a pretty good time to play Barcelona. Yeah. Right. Now I know Napoli are clearly, clearly having their own uh, issues, both on and off the field. But let me tell you, we cover La Liga every week, and they are the most fragile of fragile. They have been defensively so poor this year. In the midfield, they have been all over the place. Uh, and up front, occasionally it clicks. Occasionally. Uh, they, are, they are nothing to fear. Barcelona, that is. Absolutely nothing to fear. And it would not surprise me if, if Napoli could at least take a lead uh, back to the Monjuic. Uh, but it depends how Napoli view this game and how they can get at get this bass side. Because almost every team in La Liga... You know, Villarreal go there, score five. Granada second bottom, go there, sco- go there score three. Uh, This team are vulnerable, and if
2: Napoli can get at them, we'll see that vulnerability again. Mediocre, and when I say mediocre, I mean mediocre teams offensively in La Liga, right, have scored against Barcelona. Craig just mentioned a couple, but we can go down the list, and the list is heavy. Anybody who plays against Barcelona will have opportunities to score, and more than likely will score goals. It, it, now it's just a statement of fact. It's not even an opinion. It's you just look at how they play defensively. They're going to make mistakes. If you have any sort of talent going forward, just a glimmer of hope going forward, there will be chances for you. Napoli has more than that going forward. I, I imagine that Napoli looks at the back line and the defensive structure of Barcelona, if you want to call it structure or like thereof. We can attack this team. I don't care how terrible we have been. They're worse. Defensively, they are worse. So, having said that, you're
0: predicting then Napoli no. to go through. Let's a- take a look at the predictions. Absolutely not. Let's take a look. At, uh, absolutely not. <laughs> well, after that Lex, about how vulnerable Barcelona are at the back. Uh, hey! Going for a draw and Barcelona. <laughs> Everyone's going for a draw. Yeah, yeah. And
1: Barcelona to a bar. Yeah, well, you know, can't trust any of them. <laughs> <laughs> expect. Well,
2: because we, we Olsman's awesome ab- not playing. See? There you go. We, we, we talk about. We talk about. Consistency, consistency and continuity coming into big matches and having built confidence and so on and so forth. Well, how do you do that if you're Napoli when this guy's just walking in the door? I don't, I don't understand exactly about the timing of making this change. It, it does, I don't think it suits the situation. I, I imagine. Who knows, wh- it might do an Ivory Coast. Well, maybe. There you may- go. May- maybe that's what we're going for here <laughs> <with> <laughs> Napoli. I don't yeah. quite think that that's the case because Napoli have their issues as well. Last word on this to you, gap.
3: No, it's funny you say worked for Ivory Coast. Look, it worked for Slovakia, too. They literally found this guy on the street, made a phone call and he turned it around for them. So he clearly is the miracle man, and that's what they're hoping for. And, you know, they have they, they've, they've got uh, they have Osiman back. They have Karatzkega back. Why not? But, yeah, uh, your head tells you, guys, for all the issues Barcelona have, they're third in La Liga. Napoli are ninth in Serie A. And I think nine is behind three. Uh, that said... Um, who knows, man? It's a wacky world that Napoli live in. Who
0: knows, man? Well, I think one, <laughs> we, right. one thing we do know is that not many people are giving Porto uh, <laughs> much hope. In the other game that we'll see take place on Wednesday, uh, Arsenal are huge favourites to advance and given their recent form, uh, you can see why. Let's just go straight to the predictions, shall we? Is anyone give, doing Porto anything? 4-0, uh, 2-1. I got big science. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah, you did. <laughs> you know the game's in Porto. Yes, really. I
0: do know the game yeah, is in Porto. You got after it, then. I did. Two one, two, one. Gab, you think one one?
3: Oh. Yeah, look, I, I, I think Arsenal are gonna advance, but I think I, I, I think in this game he's he's got injured guys who are, who are coming back, uh who I think he's gonna leave on the bench. I think you know, Porto at home. We had we had some big fighting words from from Sergio Conceição. And I think Arteta he's got bigger fish to fry. I, I think he can live. I'm not saying he's going to play for the draw, but I think that could play into Porto's hands uh, a, a little bit. And so I went for the draw, but Arsenal still go. going Don't,
1: through. There we go. Don't Porto normally play like uh, uh, Atletico Madrid at this point in the competition?
3: Yes, normally it's Porto Atleta, Yeah, they, they're feeling a little bit
0: left vote? out. They got <laughs> the balls <laughs> wrong, didn't they? <laughs> that was the problem. Uh, just a reminder I'm tonight sure they were in the, the same start. group, by the way. It's not a ton of facts. <laughs> yeah, no, they were not.
2: They were in the Barcelona. Group. Oh, no. Oh,
0: there we go. Uh, just a reminder, the CONCACAF Women's Gold Cup kicks off tonight. And you can watch it live on ESPN Deportes, ESPN Plus uh, as well. Uh, you've got Mexico in action against Argentina, followed by the US against Dominican Republic. For a lot more on that competition, be sure to check out uh, the latest edition of Football Americas with Seb and Herc. One last thing before we go, just for Craig, more developments are coming out about Kylian Mbappe's possible contract uh, to uh, Real Madrid. He, he's going to take a pay cut gap and he's going to get a nice little signing on
3: bonus. Is that right? OK, so first of all, I think we in the media need to be a little bit more accurate with oh, okay. our uh, language. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about everybody who's reported this pay cut story. Uh, his contract ends on June 30th. After that, his pay will be exactly zero until he signs a new contract. He's not going to no. take a pay cut. Um, he, will he be making less than what he was due to make this season or, or what he was going to make this season uh, at Paris Saint-Germain? Uh, yes. Yes, that's totally uh, the whole definition
0: also... of a pay cut, Gab. If I'm on well, $50 no, million a week, it's... I go down to $10 million, then that's it. Yeah, that's, that's a lot, by well, the that. way. That's a pay no, cut. because...
3: <laughs> for two reasons. One is his contract is over. And secondly, he won't be getting that big loyalty bonus that he negotiated for taking up his his option year. So, uh, yeah, he will be making less money. Uh, but then he's also going to be getting an enormous signing bonus because he's arriving as a free agent. So I think in the end, it'll probably come close to, uh, to, to netting out for him. He's also going to get a longer-term deal, of course. Um, but I think for Real Madrid, it was really important that you know they didn't want to bring this guy in and have him earn you know three times as much as the next highest earner at the club. That's something that right. they've been very clear on. Even Cristiano didn't get that. So or until until the latter stages of his career.
1: And um, that where it come to. Sorry again. Is this where it's come to? What's that? This this hideous, despot discussion. Well, continuously continuously it was just
0: a little about tie of the bow on the end of the and show. Tiresome really? What
1: happened to your pizza? Tiresome <laughs> what did you get on your
0: pizza? An Mbappe, <laughs> An Mbappe. Pizza Mbappe, I'm going to smash on yeah. it. Uh, Honestly, uh, can, be, can we again. just stop talking about him? No, Craig, no way. He's <laughs> waiting for his presentation. presentation. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yes. Here he comes, he's on the plane. Oh, It's going to be exciting. I Can't wait. How much are you getting? Who cares? <laughs> <That's what laughs> who cares? We'll be here for extra time. Stay with us. Who cares? Welcome in to. Uh, oh, look at Gab now. Head bopping, all good. Just before the show, yeah. his technology failed him and it was not a happy
2: guy. No, he head does it a was not bopping. It was a, a lot of what, anger.
1: <laughs> I, I felt like saying, language, Timothy. <laughs> it was very exciting. There's no. <laughs> two things yeah. that are, are a pain in the butt at the moment. <laughs> What's that? It's Mbappe. Yes. Real Madrid. It's yes. Gone on for ages. Right, okay, uh, good. Absolute. Yep. Right, yes, get it. What's the second one? Chop. <laughs> the. The Jim Ratcliffe, So Jim Ratcliffe confirmation at Man United. What's that? Sorry, I wasn't oh, listening. Oh, shut
0: up!
3: Uh, right,
1: Gab, how was your holiday? Uh, it was good. It was good. I was
3: in, uh, I was in Tanzania. Um, oh, I saw isn't that where you got your credit of... card?
1: <laughs> yeah, you, said, you didn't spend two thousand dollars on my credit card, did
2: you?
1: Uh, there's, a, there's a tad more than that, but yes, thank you, Craig. I'm, I'm
3: grateful for your uh, uh, contribution to my family holiday, which allowed me to see elephants and wildebeest and giraffes and oh, zebras brilliant. No, and No, it's not cheetahs. all about you, Gab. What
1: about the kids? <laughs> <laughs> what about the kids? Take them to your beach, man, for God's sake. Oh, wow. All-inclusive. Oh, well. That's exactly what my 14-year-old
3: was advocating the whole time that we were camping in the bush.
1: Uh, oh yeah. uh, no! God. Oh. Ants crawling up inside, oh, and all that. Garbage. But were you God. camping, camping, yeah. or, or glamping? Of, or
0: glamping. Yeah. What's glamping? Glamping is glamorous camping. Yes. Yes. Hence expensive. the amalgamation of the yes. two words, glam. It
3: was. <laughs> it was relatively glamorous. I mean, you, 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 it depends on your. On, on, it depends on your standards. You know, did we have proper beds? Yes. Did we have mosquito okay. tents? Yes. Did we have toilets and running water? Uh, yes, we did. Oh, okay. But, you know, equally, the tent wasn't uh, air-conditioned, and, you know, there was only one sitting room for all of us, so, you know, it wasn't quite that glamorous.
1: All right, so it wasn't a $99 tent out of Costco? No, it was, definitely <laughs> was not. not it. It. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Not having it. I, I've only I only been in a tent once when I was a kid. Well, I wasn't a kid. T- youth, juvenile, whatever okay. it was. All right. Very all juvenile. Right. <laughs> we were tenting, and I was like, sod that. A bunch of, bunch of the guys. Sod that, hotel. Yeah. No, yeah,
0: I, 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 I'm... What, no, I, I beasties, beasties. Stevie's got a great camping story. Oh. I don't think I can tell it. Oh. very on the line. Oh, yeah? Um, Most I, of Stevie's stories <laughs> are on the line. I know it's It's a great one, though. Um, ask Craig if he was disappointed by tonight's XG. Yeah, that's from Rob Palmer. Have you been having XG rants
1: of late? No, or? I haven't. Actually, Rob was having a... It was actually Rob Palmer today on... Uh, X, Twitter, call it what you like. Yes, uh, he was saying. Uh, can't remember what he was saying. Something okay. to do with the. Uh, it's really interesting. The XG. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm not really into all this XG all blah, right. blah blah. Right. And yeah. apparently, some people got onto t- onto him. Right. So I just said to him, I've had this experience. Ah uh, yes, yeah, so
0: you and Gab have that big XG. No 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 no, tread oh, carefully. Back in
1: the day, I said tread carefully of the cult.
0: Right. <laughs>
2: <Yes>. <laughs> then, oh my. Then
0: goodness. there you go. I have used XG many times on this show recently. Well, you've learned how to say it, which has been a development for you. Uh,
2: There's
1: another. I didn't hear. He said times. G. Times G. Yes. yes. Yeah yeah. Yes. Well, that's a times, isn't it? <laughs> I call it XG. <laughs> like I call you a muppet. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, Rob, now Rob is... Uh, yeah, I, I, listen, I'm, I'm a modern guy. <laughs> I'm a renaissance it. man. I'll go, I like stats, I just don't like crappy ones, and there's a lot of them are. No? Okay, all
0: right, good. Um, Ali, odds for Girona staying in the top four concerning their current form. What did we say yesterday? Was it was at seven points, I think. They're ahead of Athletic Club.
2: I, th- I think they... 60%. Yeah, they'd be all right. I think they're going to be all right. I... They, they just got to get out of this little run that they're going into. And, and this little run has actually gone in the direction that it has because they have stopped defending as well as they did before. Now they're making the sort of mistakes that you expect Girona to make from the beginning of the season and they weren't happening. But I, I do think that Atletico, even though they were good yesterday, I think they, they run out of legs in the end. I think Girona hang on to the fourth spot. How concerned, Craig, should Pep be that City have taken 57 shots in the last two matches
0: and only scored twice. Is this one of those weird things where it will fix itself with enough time or how does that affect goal scorers' mindsets?
1: I think there would be a bigger concern if he wasn't creating those opportunities and they were just passing it around, going from side to side. Yeah he would want, clearly he would want more clinical uh, finishing in the final third but as long as you're creating the chances it's not going to be every week like we saw against Chelsea who played pretty well actually that uh, Ellen Haaland's going to miss those chances so that, that this will those players are too good not to remedy it. I, I, I honestly think we've talked about it that if I was him I'd be slightly more concerned about what's going on at the other end right. Uh because I think the front line will figure itself out whether the back line does under pressure remains to be seen. Right, Gab. Rank in order of likelihood. It's <coughs> not going to win. You're finished.
0: <laughs> City, Correct. City repeating as treble winners. Liverpool winning the quadruple, or Chelsea winning the cup double. Which is the most likely out of those three?
3: Oh wow. I mean, so statistically, they're all fairly remote possibilities. Yes. Um, I would probably lean towards City. That's a really good question. I think I'll probably lean marginally towards City winning uh, the treble, just because Chelsea have a ton of issues, and I know obviously the trouble's a heavy lift. But you know, it's City, and they did do it. They did do it last year. Liverpool winning the quadruple. I think too many things have to go uh, have to go right for that to happen. So I would, yeah, I would go City, Chelsea, Liverpool.
1: Do you concur? Probably, yes. Even though it would look, you think, well, Chelsea's only got to do a couple of things. Yeah, it's a lot, yeah. But (laughs) I know it's been better recently. Yeah. But. But. But.
0: I agree. I concur. Gab, what is the best derby to see in person in Serie A?
3: Ooh, in Serie A. Okay, so it depends depends what you like, right? Uh, If you like to see, you know, Tifo, the big choreographies um, in the stands... Uh, then partial to Sancito, I would say the Milan derby. Uh, If you like seeing two sets of fans who who despite being from the same city uh, are incredibly creative uh, in their insults at each other and have it go at each other for for 90 minutes I would go with the Rome derby although often the football's absolute rubbish in the Rome derby. Uh, If you just want to see Uh, A derby that's a local derby and that we haven't had for a while because they've been in Serie B, but uh, with two towns that have this absurd rivalry that goes back to medieval times where they argue over stupid things like who's more exits off the motorway and whatever, uh, I would go with Brescia against Atalanta, which I still think is one of the most intense derbies uh, in Europe. For Craig...
0: How hard do you think it will be for Silva to get back in the Chelsea team, with how well Di Sassi and Colwell seem to play together?
1: Well, I mean, I, I suppose it depends. <laughs> how? how I, I suppose it depends how long that lasts. Yeah. If they, and I'm presuming that will be the back line for the Carabao Cup final. Mm-hmm. I don't see any reason why you would change it, unless needs must then you can only play your way out the side playing as well as they did. I mean, Malagusta has done a pretty good job because we thought Rhys James was going to be a huge hole. Uh, obviously, Chell fit again, uh, but the centre half position has been an issue and you've had people playing out, you've had see, playing right back, you've had Caldwell playing left back. But the issue Shields come in, hasn't played no. particularly well. And Tiago Silva's 39, so I mean, I don't think, <coughs> I think he would be, are you all right? Yeah, I'm fine, thank you. See what happens when you have a, a little cheeky pop at somebody? Coughing away. Don't cough. Take a breath. <laughs> take a breath. Maybe a wee glass of water. Have walk. you finished? I feel, uh, I feel very comfortable. I, I, mean, I would imagine two. at 39... Yeah. The As much as your other half may be upset right. and go on Instagram, there's got to be an understanding that, you know, it, it, there are other players going to come through and take your place at some point.
0: Ali, by the end of this season, who has a better chance to pass Haaland as top scorer? He's put Salah and Saka, but... Saka's on 12 at the moment. Haaland's on 17. I don't think that's happening. Okay. Sattler's on 15. Solanke's on 14. Watkins is on 13.
2: Well, the answer is neither. Oh. not happening. Okay. Erling Haaland's going to score a bunch of goals from here to the end of the season. So. And, and that's that. Yeah. That's the end of that,
0: Nemo. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that. Craig, how would you do the lineup of Real Madrid if Mbappe signs next summer? Well, this summer. Right, well, let's look at the players
1: that are unlikely to be dropped. Okay, Vinny, Bellingham. Then, then you can figure it out from there. Vinicius, Jude Bellingham. Who's droppable? Hostler doesn't always play. Mm-hmm. Rodrigo didn't play uh, regular at the start of the season. So then it's what you want to, then what do you want to do with the shape of the team? Whether you want to play him. I, I could see him doing something similar to what he's done, done this year with Vinicius and Rodrigo, which is play a bit of a hybrid pairing with Bellingham coming through the middle. So, somebody's going to have to give. It's not going to be Vinicius. It's not going to be... Well, it's certainly not going to be Jude Bellingham. It's going to be somebody in the front three. I mean, who else is it going to be? Yep, yep.
0: Your, your mate, uh, Jules, is normally um, a
1: happy chappy, Gab, but he seems to cut
0: somewhat of a, a disappointed demeanour at the moment, given everything that's going on. We saw him on, the, uh, on your Gab and Jules podcast, back in the big chair, because you are away, alongside Don. He was close to tears.
3: Yeah, I'm going to have to uh, do some uh, therapy on, on, on Thursday to... <laughs>
0: Cheer that's him the last thing. Imagine say, hey, in a therapist. <laughs> Come on, I you're, you're I'm you not talking. <laughs>
3: you, you still have Randall Colimwani, right? I mean, Mr. 80 <laughs> yeah. million. There you <laughs> go. Up, Perfect. No, yeah, um, I will do it. But, but it's funny, it's just what, what Craig was saying there. I wouldn't about where Mbappe's is going to play. I wouldn't rule out the possibility that because we know that you know Bellingham's playing, been playing in that role, that role this season, but we also know that he's played deeper much of his career. Um, I think there's also the possibility he could go back to uh, a four-three-three with maybe Valverde as the, the third guy uh, on the right and Mbappe through the middle, which obviously um, Luis Enrique has tried to get him to play this season and then Bellingham in, uh, in, in, in midfield, but still with license to go forward. So um, I, I think one of the discussions that Real Madrid would have had with him and that Carangelotti specifically will be having with him is is precisely that? Is look, you know, you're not gonna, you're not just gonna be the guy who sits on the left and cuts inside and stands around the rest of the time. You know, you're here for a reason because we want you to be a big part of this team. So uh, I would expect him to play through the through the middle in some capacity.
2: Can I just tell you, can I just tell you it's a great problem to have. It's not bad, is it? Honestly, this yeah. is VIP problems. Right yes. Here. So Carlo Ancelotti will be more than happy to have whatever conversation he needs to have if indeed that's the case. <laughs> just put them out there. Yep. Right? And, and honestly, you put Vinny and, and Mbappe playing together and Bellingham in behind. Look, if Rodrigo has to go to the bench, so be it. He'll come off the bench and and, and actually be an impactful player for you. So, Honestly, this is a non-issue for me.
0: I have just one last question about your camping trip, Gab. What was the food situation? We all sat around an open fire. Yes, but what did he eat? How did he eat? Was it a Uber Eats job, in. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. It's a little far <fire. laughs> Yeah, oh, was cooking around the fire, or did you have a chef that would
3: come in? It's funny enough, Uber Eats uh, in the Serengeti is 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 pretty uh, is pretty limited. That's um, gap in the market. There we go. Exactly. <laughs> Delivered by <laughs> drone.
0: Stevie. Uh, off. <laughs>
3: No, no, no! There, there were the, the people there who who serviced the, the 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 tents and what they they served us. They served us meals and there was a lot Aww. of lovely fresh fruit and uh, and and local food. This is VIP um, problems
2: as well. Oh man, this is where well, do we play Mbappe. <laughs>
1: exactly.
3: <laughs> uh, but uh, no, it, it was funny. Um, somebody uh, who was who, who was on the trip uh, asked, uh, "What? Why don't they?" zebras and wildebeest and possibly somebody related to stevie i'm not sure but um it, it did strike me that a guy couldn't answer the question so i'm going to chuck that out to anyone like has has anybody ever eaten zebra meat or wildebeest meat is there a reason yeah. why you know you might eat lamb or chicken but not zebra or
1: wildebeest i don't know well i am mean, they the all endangered gab they will be if they go out my back garden. Well, <laughs> well, no, I mean, Dan, <laughs> I mean historically, Dan. I mean historically.
3: historically. Uh, okay. And by All the right. way, he said- uh, you <laughs> can go hunting since, if this is your thing, Dan. Uh, you can't do it in the national parks, but in Tanzania, um, and some people do... Um, come over and there are hunting areas where you can hunt uh, the life, uh, the, the local wildlife even elephants apparently which
4: oh, I find yes.
3: pretty grotesque because yeah, when you if... shoot an elephant what do you do like show up with a bazooka like is is this going to be fun for you is This oh, is. I, mean, I, I was just asking about what you
1: kids. <laughs> well he, he sent the kids out every night to catch some wild animals Yeah, go... otherwise they, they, they didn't I'm just imagining Gab was the therapist by the way because you know we're all feeling a bit down and depressed sometimes as, <laughs> as can happen alright Craig Ah, uh, and then is this you,
2: part of the positivity corner.
1: You know, sometimes you're feeling a bit down, and it can happen. Yeah. You got your therapist, and there he is with a big white coat, Mr. McCarty Yeah, It's going to give you a <laughs> the therapist in a white coat. <laughs> Who do you see? Running experiments. <laughs> running experiments. Oh. oh, hold on, I think I went through the wrong door. <laughs> I was at the, uh, I was All at right. the uh, psychiatric. Unit. Okay, right. That gives you a soothing hour <laughs> right. in uh, financial fair play. Yes. Just to check, yes. let me over tell you, edge. you think you
0: have a problem? What well, this is well, this is what Everton have to deal with at the moment. Let me explain why the financial fair play rules they broke. Who? <laughs> <Thanks, laughs> thank you <laughs> very much. <laughs> Everton. Oh, I thought you said Evan. Evan? <laughs> no, My, I'm talking about your boy. Sean, I'm like, well, you didn't like you? <laughs> right, that is it. We're done. Goodness, we want a Please. tangent. ESPN FC will be back uh, tomorrow to reflect on Napoli against Barcelona and Porto against Arsenal. Frank Le will be here. Hey. hey.